Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love and your mercy. You're a good God, a mighty God. We bless you and we thank you. Father, have your way in our lives, we pray. For every prayer request that's been given in this morning and people have prayed, we pray, Lord. We thank you that you hear our prayers. We pray according to your will, you move and pray, Lord, that our desires will be your desires. That you'll move, God, powerfully in our lives and those, those around us. Have your way, God, we pray, we surrender. Father, as we come to your word now, open our ears, hearts to hear from you. Father, we pray you speak. Thank you for what's happening in Michelle's life and Andrew's life. And thank you for what you're doing in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. God sees all of us. As Michelle brought that memory. Thank you. Wonderful. God sees you. That's what Hagar said to the God when she was on her own in the desert. And she went out into the desert and Michelle would have died. We don't know exactly. It doesn't tell us, but... She has an encounter with an angel, and the angel says, and she says, you are the God who sees me. Wow. God sees us in our darkest, in our hardest. Amen. Are you ready for the word today? Yeah. Awesome. I just got to go with the clicker. I left the clicker behind. Excuse me for a sec. Got it. Here we go. Excellent. So as Michelle reminded us, we're in our theme, Faithful for the Year. We've been talking about what does it mean to live a life of faith, a life of trust, a life full of surrender to the Lord. And we've been working through Hebrews chapter 11. We've been looking at the heroes of the faith. And I love that song we learned this morning that when I will stand alongside the heroes of the faith. Um, anyway, incredible song. And, and the hero we're going to look at today is an incredible guy named Noah. Noah. And as we look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7, we see a formula around Noah's life. And I've, what I've done, I've called it, it's on the screen here, I've called it a formula of faith, not the formula of faith because there's many formulas of faith. This is a formula of faith or a formula of faithful living. Here it is. God speaks, we listen, we obey, and the result is we see the results of the living by faith. God speaks, we listen. You might think, well, why is we listen there? How is that important? Well, you know, God has spoken and is speaking by his word. But many people have got his word on a bookshelf and not actually taking any notice of what God's saying. So that we, we, we must be listening, we must be reading his word, be listening to what God is saying. Then we obey, and then we see the results of living by faith in our lives. And if you've been a, a Christian for some time, you will have experienced this. Here's a story I've shared many times with the church, but it's so important to me. In 2007, um, I was walking around the backyard praying one day, and I heard the Lord say to me, Nathan, you'll be leading the church next year. God spoke, I listened, and I obeyed. And then I became the leader of this church in 2008 and been leading it for the last 16 years. And what a, what a blessing to lead this great group of people. This service, the 9 o'clock, people at Preston's, and then our community dinner and our Friday nights. There's so many people that are part of this. And it's such a privilege in, to uh, lead you and, and to see lives transformed, people coming to know Jesus, get free of their stuff, fulfill his purpose. We had a consultant come through 
um, in January this year, and he said that we're the healthiest church that he knows of, that he knows of in our movement of churches. God has done an incredible work in us and looking forward to what he's going to do in the future. So there's a, a little formula. God speaks, we need to listen, then we need to obey, and then we see great results. Here's our text from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. This is what it says. One verse, this is what it says. By faith Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his, by his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Again, by faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen. What's that referring to? Who knows what that's about? The flood, the rain, the rain's coming. The rains are coming. In holy fear, build an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. And we're going to pull that text apart. Now, Noah's spoken about in Hebrews chapter 11, but the first time we find out about Noah is back in Genesis chapter 6. And I'm going to read a part of Genesis chapter 6 for you, which fills out this verse. It gives you more details. This is what it says. So Genesis chapter 6, sixth chapter of the Bible. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. What an incredible description. I'd love to be called that. Well, maybe I am righteous in God's sight. Blameless, not sure about that. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Another guy walks faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. Verse 13. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people. I'm going to put an end to all people. Why? Because of the corruption that's on the earth. For the, for the, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark, a boat of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and, con- and coat it with pitch inside and out so the water doesn't get in. This is how you are to build it. And then he goes on and gives descriptions of how to build it. We're not going to read that. Jump to verse 17, and this is what he says next. God says this to Noah. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. Verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you. In other words, I will do these things for you, Noah. That's what covenant means. God's going to do these things for us. And you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Then to jump to verse 22, a few verses, lower, a few verses later it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Then we're told that it was in Noah's 600th year of life that the water came. First time they'd ever seen rain. In Genesis chapter 8, it tells us there is a canopy. There's been a canopy that's been surrounding the earth. And why was there so much water? Because that canopy came down and the water that was no doubt in the earth also came up. That's why we have mountains and earthquakes and ups and downs because of this water movement that we have today. And the earth was totally covered in water. And everything that walked, that lived on the planet, was destroyed except for Noah and his family and the animals in the boat. 
Noah was in the ark, most probably about 11 months. And after 11 months, he came out of the boat with his family and the animals, and they started to repopulate the earth. That's what we see in the text. What I want to do is go to this verse from Hebrews chapter 11, 7, and pull out four things from this text today. Number one is that God spoke. Number two, Noah listens. Number three, Noah obeys. And then we see the results of living by faith. First one, number one, God spoke. Hebrews eleven seven by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. Who warned him? God warned him. God spoke to Noah and gave him a warning about what he was going to do. And the only way for Noah to be rescued was to build the boat, get on the boat to be safe. And we also see it in Genesis 6. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. God spoke to Noah and said, I'm going to destroy the earth. And then says, build a boat and it's going to save the people. God spoke very specifically to Noah. And throughout history, God has spoken and friends, God continues to speak. How does God speak to us? Well, the main way God speaks to us is through his word. This is the word of God. This is the absolute authority on all doctrine, on who is God, tells us who we are, tells us how to live, tells us what our priorities should be. This gives us all that we need for life. God speaks. Now, this, is, this, this isn't the only way God speaks. God speaks through other ways. The Bible says he speaks through visions and dreams and prophetic words and through other people and through circumstances and peace in your spirit or unsettledness. God speaks in many ways, but the main way God speaks is through his word. And, ever we've, and wherever we sense God speaking to us in another way outside the word, we should always come back to the word to make sure it fits with the word because God won't contradict himself. Super important. The word of God, friends, gives us all that we need. It tells us how we are to approach God. And the word of God says approach God with repentance and faith. The word of God tells us how to treat people. It tells us what our priorities should be in life. It tells us how to use our money. It gives us boundaries as Christians in order to live in so that we can live the abundant life Jesus has for us. It tells you how to do marriage well, raise your kids well, um, how to leave a generational legacy. It tells you what's going to happen in the future. It's all here in the Word of God. But the big question I have for you is this, is are you listening? Because like many people, we put the Word of God on a shelf, but unless we're pulling it down and opening it, how's God supposed to speak to us? I mean, he can speak in other ways. He can speak through other people. He can speak through circumstance. He can. The question is, are we listening? Are we taking time to sit and to open and say, and as we read, we say, God, what do you want to say to me today? And allow his word to speak to us. Are we sitting, in, we're sitting with him and saying, God, guide me. Sitting with a journal and as you're feeling led by God to write what you sense God's, God wants to say to you. Are you making time to hear from him? Because God is speaking, but the good question, big question for us is, are we listening? And that's what we see the second thing in Noah. Noah listened. When he was warned, it wasn't just a voice that happened over there. Noah had a relationship with God where he spoke with God. And Noah listened to what God wanted to say. I'm, a, I'm passionate. One of the things, one of the things I'm passionate about um, is, is, is property investment. And I don't know if you knew that, but I'm passionate about that. And, and as a result, I uh, listen to podcasts on people who are really good at it. Now, I don't listen to people who have never bought a property before or maybe bought one property. I, uh, I uh, listen to these two guys that have like two or three hundred houses, 
hundred houses and they're very wealthy, very successful. Why do I listen to them? Because they know what they're talking about. <laughs> they have expertise. They have achieved. And when we see people who have done well in an area where we want to do well, well, we lean in and we want to learn from them. Or maybe you've seen people in history and you go, wow, that person was incredible. And so you read what they wrote or their, or their life story. And today, if you find someone that you're interested in, you might listen to their podcast or watch their YouTube channel or whatever we do nowadays, listen to their music, whatever, as a way of learning from them. What I find really interesting is that although people do that for people they respect and people who are famous today, how often do people go to God, who is the most brilliant, who's the most creative, He's the most brilliant mind, creative, most powerful, and find out what he wants to say. Because we go to people in this world who we think are great, but God who is the greatest, how often do we make time to listen to him? And it's easy for us to point the finger to those out there, but they don't know God. We know God. Well, maybe you're here today and you're on a journey to get to know God. If you know God, if you know how powerful he is, if you know that he's a genius and all-powerful and creative and the one who wants to guide your life and he loves you and he's for you, are you making time to listen to him? Because we might think it's crazy for them out there not to listen to him, but we're even more crazy if we know who he is and we don't take time to listen. The question is, are you taking time to listen to God? The third thing we see is that Noah obeyed. Again, Hebrews 11.7. By faith, Noah, when warned, that's the herd, about things not seen, what did he do? In holy fear, in reverence for God, he built an ark to save his family. And in Genesis chapter 6, 22, it says, Noah did everything just, just as God commanded him. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Beautiful scriptures. Noah didn't just hear from God. He didn't just listen. He put into practice, he did the thing that God wanted him to do. Noah obeyed. And this obeying by Noah wasn't some, uh, can you go talk to that person please about Jesus? Or can you please give to May Mission Month? And they're big things for us as we're starting the journey of faith. God asked Noah to do something gigantic. Noah's in his, five, in his 500s years, maybe 530 years old. We don't know exactly. And God speaks to him to build a boat that took about 50 years to build. Now, some people think about Noah's ark and they think it was a fairy tale. They think, oh, that couldn't possibly happen. And we don't actually do, we, we don't actually help our kids because when we create stories of Noah's ark, we actually draw fictional characters. But, but, but let me give you a picture of the actual size of the ark. There's a ministry called Answers in Genesis run by Ken Ham, and now Martin Niles is working for them. Woohoo, that's really exciting. You can look that up online. And they actually built a life size replica of the ark. This is what it looks like. There it is. Oh, oh what do I do? Uh oh, too far. My fault. There it is. Now, if you look carefully, see my little green dot? They're people. Right? And, and they're mostly taller than me. So you can see. <laughs> You can see how big this boat was. This boat was gigantic. This was gigantic for Noah and his family and two of every animal 
to come as food and then seven of other, seven of other unclean. And, and, and we're not exactly sure, but the commentators reckon it took about 50 years to build this. He might have got help, might have got family help, and he might have, got, might have hired service. We're not told how he built it, but he built it. It was gigantic. And day after day, day after day, month after month, season after season, year after year, Noah faithfully, one day after day, put his faith into practice and built this thing that God asked him to build. It was extraordinary. And then there's other pieces to the thing God asked him to do. Number one, God said, I'm going to flood the earth. Now, they'd never seen a flood before. God's going to bring rain on the earth. They don't even know what rain was because the Genesis tells us that water came up that put dew on the earth, right? But the Bible talks about in Genesis chapter 8, verse 2, a canopy that surrounded the earth. And there's all that water around the earth and all that came down and all the water came up and the water was fully flooded. The earth was fully flooded. God says to him, I'm going to wipe out all peoples on earth. And you might be thinking, oh, that's a bit rough, God. Like, wow, really? And this, and this, and this boat, right? This boat, was, this boat was the only way for his family to be saved. It was a radical thing that God had asked him to do. And so day by day, season by season, he built this thing out of obedience to God. Because God spoke, Noah listened, and Noah obeyed. He put God's word and faith in action. And it's the same with us, friends. God has spoken. God is speaking. We need to be listening and then obeying him. James 2 says, faith without deeds is dead. You say you love God, but you don't actually live it out. You say you have faith in God and you don't actually live it out. Well, what sort of faith is it really? It's faith simply by words. God wants to see our faith lived out in our actions. And the thing about the faith journey, when you, first, when you first say yes to Jesus, God doesn't normally ask you to build an ark or do something gigantic like God asked Noah to do. But what God will ask you to do the, when you surrender your life to him, and that's a big step, is that God will ask you to take one step of faith. And it might be small. And then he'll ask you to take the next step of faith. And as you're obedient to him and you do that, he'll ask you to take the next step of faith. And each step gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you obey him. And then one day, after showing a life of being faithful, God will ask you to do extraordinary things as you walk with him. See, here's a question for you. Are you doing the thing God asks you to do? Are you doing the thing right now that God has asked you to do? Because sometimes God speaks to us, we hear it, and we go, yeah, I've got to deal with that. Yeah, God, I need to do that. But then we don't actually do anything about it. So are you doing the thing that God's asked you to do? Number three, obey. Last one for today. We see the result of living by faith. Noah did everything that God commanded him. It says that. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, 7, it tells us the result. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to do what? Number one, to save his family. And his family was saved. Now, as I thought of that, it made me think of us today. And we don't save our family because Jesus is the one that does that. But we can definitely act in ways, in ways that can help our family get saved or can push them away from getting saved. Mums and dads, how are you living around your kids? Are you living in a way that's encouraging your kids to come to Jesus? 
Are you living an attractive, faithful life? Or are you living in a way that's going to turn them away from Jesus? Super important. You can't save your family. Jesus does that. But your influence is huge on your kids. The second thing we see here, it says, by his faith, he condemned the world. Noah condemned the world. How did he condemn the world? Well, his righteous obedience to God showed, by contrast, how sinful the world was. Noah walked faithfully with God and obeyed God, and by doing that, it brought a great contrast between what he did and what the world did. That's how he condemned the world. You know, as Christians, we're called to shine the light of Jesus. Jesus says we're a city on a hill. We're a light to the world. We're not, we're not to live the same as the world. We're to live differently from the world and present the message of Jesus in our words and in our actions. The third thing we see here, he says, by his faith... He condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Righteousness simply means in right standing with God. How do you get in right standing with God? By putting your faith in him. And because Noah put his faith in him, he became heir or part of the family of those who are righteous. He became righteous because of his faith. And that righteousness in God is available to any of us who put our faith in Jesus. All you need to do is come to him with repentance and faith, and God will give you righteousness. He will see you right in his sight, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. This result of living by faith that Noah saw, it's not just true for Noah, it's also true for us. In this text from Hebrews 11.7, we see the pattern God speaks, Noah listens, Noah obeyed, and we see the results of living by faith. Here's the formula again, one more time. God speaks, we listen, we obey, and we see the results of living by faith. I want to end this message by sharing some stories where I've seen God's faithfulness in my life lived out. I want to share with you some God spoke, I obeyed, I listened, I obeyed, and I'm going to share the result with you that will hopefully encourage you as we come to the end of this message. I started by talking around... Um, leading this church in 2007, God spoke in in my backyard. I obeyed God and some 16 years later, we're still doing this thing and the church is healthy and thriving and it's doing great. Seven years earlier to that, it was 2001 and I was at a conference. I'd just been filled with the Holy Spirit and I was getting to know about the gifts of the Spirit. It was incredible. And I was at a conference and the Bible college principal, a guy named Barry Chant, gave an order call to go to Bible college. Now, you normally do order calls to commit your life to Jesus or come and get free. But he said, if you sense the Holy Spirit is on you and, you, um, and God's calling you to go to Bible college, come forward. And in that moment, then the Holy Spirit went doink. I just sensed the Holy Spirit within me, like, Nathan, that's for you. All right, so I went up the front and I committed my life to Bible college. So in 2002, I think I went to Bible college because the Lord, God spoke through his spirit, go to Bible college. I obeyed and went. I finished Bible college at the end of 2007. Now, I didn't go to Bible college to be a pastor. I had no desire to go to Bible college. I was at a church. I was doing youth ministry, worship ministry, and I went, well, if God wants me to go to Bible college, maybe I'm going to learn how to do youth and worship ministry better, right? That's why I went to Bible college. But at the end of, I finished college in 2007. I started leading LifeGate Church in the beginning of 2008. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I had no idea. I didn't see. But God saw. He spoke. He set it up. He lined it up. It's beautiful. I have, um, 
as I've sat under the preaching of the word and as I've read the Bible, God has spoken to me. He's shown me that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. His word has told me that God loves me and he's for me. The word of God says, put your trust in Jesus, Nathan, and you'll be a new creation. That will be a child of God. And I've made that choice. I've obeyed God and committed my life to him. His word now says that I'm his son, that I've been adopted in, that I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The word of God says that I belong to him. I have a new identity. And I live free in the identity that God has given me. The results are faith. There was a massive conflict in our church when I first started leading LifeGate Church. The pastor before me was led it in a way where not everything was known, and I walked into a, what do you call it, a hornet's nest? That would, be, that, that would be an expression, a hornet's nest. It was chaotic, and there was a lot of conflict, and there was people in the church that wanted to call congregational meetings and vote out the leaders. It was really bad. And I prayed. I said, God, what do, you, what do I do? And I sensed God say to me in my spirit, he said to me, Nathan, do nothing. They will sack themselves. That was the phrase I heard. Okay, do nothing. So we didn't call a congregational meeting. We just let time go, and after time, they made poor decision after poor decision after poor decision. And that was the end of them, and they left the church. And what's the result? Wow, was that good? <laughs> doesn't sound nice when people who leave the church, but sometimes it's good for people to go, particularly if, if, it, if they're the wrong person for this place. And it brought a lot of, a lot of uh, unity to our church. And, and another time, there was... A couple of ladies in our church a number of years ago now, and they were in deep conflict, and their kids were starting to get fighting, and, the, and it was starting to spread, and I heard, I heard about it about a month after it started happening, and I went, oh dear, I've got to sort this out. And my natural inclination is, when I see a problem, get in there and sort it out. But I was reading the scriptures on one of the days leading up to this, and I was, it was about prayer. And about praying and handing it over to God and watching what God would do. And as I read that scripture, I just sensed the Lord saying, that's for that situation. So instead of me diving in and trying to sort out those ladies and trying to fix it, I just simply stood back and prayed and said, God, your word says, I'm praying, I'm going to commit this to you. And I prayed and I committed to him. And guess what? It got sorted out. God sorted it out. Relationship reconciled. All done. I'm sharing these stories of God speaking, listening, obedience, and then seeing the result of faith. Are you seeing it here? Two more. Last year in September, um, I was sitting with the Lord, and I talked about, God, what do you want to do next year? And I sensed God say, our theme for next year is faithful, faithful. And we've been doing that for the last six months or so. And, and, and what's been the result of that? We've seen a greater expectation from our people around what God's going to do. The people are coming with, with a greater expectation of faith and what God could do. And that's the result of hearing him and then obeying him and putting it into practice. I was given that Ready, Aim, Fire book by my mum for my birthday. Actually, it was going to be for my birthday, but I found it at a house. And I went, I like that book. So I took it before my birthday. And I started reading it. And as I read it, I went, this is perfect. This is perfect for our church. God, yes, I sense the Lord say, go ahead and do this. So as we did Ready, Aim, Fire in, in the first term... A lot of people found it just incredible. And here's one story. There was a lady named Judy who was part of our church up until a few weeks ago. Um, Judy read the book and she found out that there was a job going in another church down at Campbelltown. And she said to me, Nathan, I would never have gone for that job. But after reading this book and after being encouraged to step out and live on green, 
I went for that job and I got it. So she's now left our church and serving in ministry at another church, which is just fabulous. Friends, this is the fruit of living by faith. This is the fruit of being obedient to God and his word. Listening, obedient, and we see the result. And this is not only in my life. You see it throughout the scriptures. You see it in the Apostle Paul when God turns up to Paul and says, um, follow me when Jesus says, I'm the, I'm the one you're persecuting. And Paul laid down his life. And as a result, he preaches the gospel and sees so many people saved and churches set up and people healed and set free. And he writes half the New Testament. And Peter, when bringing in his nets, Jesus walked up to him and says, leave your nets, Peter. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And Peter leaves his nets and follows Jesus. He obeyed Jesus and see, we see great fruit in Peter's life. He became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He was the guy that preached on the day of Pentecost. We see Abraham in Genesis 12. When God, when, when God speaks to him, he obeyed and went. That's what it says. He obeyed and went. And he became the father of the Jewish nation, and through him, Jesus is born. We see it in Moses as God spoke to him at the burning bush. He listened to God. He obeyed God, and God's people came out of captivity and worshipped him in the mountain, the Mount Sinai. God spoke to Joshua about leading the people across the river and into the promised land. And Joshua did that and saw miracle after miracle of God. And friends, if God can do it in me, and he can do it in those people in the Bible, guess what? He can do it in you too. And as you are faithful to him, as God speaks, as you listen, as you obey, you will see the results of faith in your life. You will see many of them while you live on this earth. But then... There'll be many you don't see. And you won't see the result of your prayers and your giving and your faithfulness until the next life in heaven when the books are open and people will be judged. And no doubt people will be there who are the result of your prayers, Nikki. And they'll say, Nikki, thank you for praying for me for all those years. Thank you for standing in the gap. Nikki, thank you for praying for Nathan for all these years. Bless you. You're amazing. And the times you've given financially, and that's blessed that person in Cambodia. And that kid in scripture who's been, as we give the money to Hannah, not to Hannah, to the board who pays Hannah at East Hills Girls High School. And as we give money to the, for the resources in this area, and we give money to the SRE teachers in the Liverpool Council. And as they go into schools and kids get saved in heaven, maybe they will track down the money. And that teacher's there because of the money that you gave. We don't see the results of everything of our faith today. But one day, we'll see more fully. Our obedience to him. Ben, come on down, please. As we finish this message, here's a formula of faith. God speaks. We listen. We obey. We see the results of living by faith. Are you making time for God to speak to you? Are you making time for God to speak to you? God is speaking. Are you listening? Are you listening to what he's saying? Obedience is around saying, God, I'm going to choose to live your way. Maybe there's some repentance that needs to happen today. Maybe some repentance that needs to happen. Because obedience is saying, God, I'm going to live your way. And repentance is saying, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm turning to you. Maybe God's asked you to do things in the past and you haven't done it. And today's the day you're going to say, God, I'm going to sort it out. 
I'm going to, I'm going to return to that thing you asked me to do. Let's bow our heads. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We thank you for Noah. We thank you that he's a man who walked faithfully with you, who's a man that honored you and obeyed you. He listened to your word, God. And Father, I want to pray that we will be people like Noah. God, you have spoken and you are speaking, that we will be people who listen to your word. And not only hear is the word, but we do as the word, as Jesus said, that we'll be obedient to what you want us to do. And Father, we pray you'll open our eyes to see, to see the results of faith in you. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing part of this song. Is that right, Aiden? Can we sing that bit of um, that, that song? The hymn of Heaven, that one. Whatever it's called, Hymn of Heaven. Let's sing, let's sing the whole song. And at the end of this song, um, I asked the Lord to guide me around who to pray for today. And I've got a few areas where we want to pray for people. So we're going to sing this song. And then at the end of the song, I'm going to come back up. And I'm going to lead you in prayer. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you, Aiden. How I long to breathe the air of heaven. For pain is God. Mercy fills the streets to look upon the one and to save me and walk with him for eternity. There will be a day, there will be a day where all bow before him. Day. Sing it with faith, come on. 
that verse when we will stand with the heroes of the faith on that day we'll stand with the heroes of the faith isn't that amazing wowza you know I'm um, gonna cry I think oh dear I'm losing it um, anyway beside the point I was gonna tell you something but I won't I'll get back to this I will tell you I think I'm getting I think I'm I'm like looking forward to heaven more God's done a shift in me I don't know what it is I've been praying that God would Take a breath. That God would change the desires of my heart to be his desires. And it's like I have this longing for home more than I've ever had in my life. And if I died tomorrow, not that I'm planning on it, but I don't really care anymore. I get, I get to go home. And Pete, like, you celebrate that, but I think that's, a, that's, a, that's something in the Lord that shifts. That's a shift, a change. Yeah, amen. And if you're not there yet, pray that God will give you that. Amen. Amen. Go home. Amen. Go home. All right. So I'm going to pray for some people today. Ask the Lord who we're going to pray for. Can the prayer team come forward? Can the prayer team come forward? We had a great time of prayer after the nine o'clock, and maybe this is for you today. Number one, we talked about God speaking through His Word and God speaking, and you want to have a you want to have a greater passion to hear from God. Maybe it's to be in His Word. A greater passion to hear from God. If that's you today, we want to pray for you. Maybe come forward. The second group is those who are looking for direction. You want God to speak. You're unsure about something. Come forward and people will pray for you. And we'll ask God to give you a word, direction for your life. And the, and, and the third group are those who have lost sight of the results. Meaning that you're living by faith. We think you're living by faith. You're desiring that, but you're not seeing the thing that you're hoping for. Maybe you got so caught up in the things of this world, you lost sight of what's important to God. Or maybe you've been disheartened because you're believing in something and it hasn't happened as quickly as you want. Or maybe you feel it's just really hard. Imagine doing the ark for 50 years, day after day after day after day. 
and you just want to quit, you know, guys, it's too hard. We want to pray for you today. So again, if you want a passion to hear from God, please come forward. A passion to hear from God. A passion to hear God. Increase my passion to hear you, God. A passion for His Word. Maybe you're looking for direction, or maybe you've lost sight of the results. Come forward for prayer. We're going to pray for you. Otherwise, be released. Have an incredible week. Please don't have conversations in here because it's noisy. We want people to be ministered to. Take your conversations outside. Otherwise, be blessed. Amen. Father, thank you for this day. As people come forward, we pray that you'd move in their lives. May we be people who are radically transformed to be like Jesus. Amen. Be released. Amen. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.